God is good. Well, I heard a few of you. Where is it at? God is good. And all the time. Good. I've always wanted to do that. Man, it's just incredible. How many of you are just honored to be able to be in a place where God's presence is the main thing? And just the, the, wasn't worship incredible tonight? Let's give it up for the team. Didn't they do a great job leading us into the presence of God? I'm taped. I can't get my glasses off. There we go. I'm free now. I'm free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. That's right. Why don't you go to uh, Luke chapter 10? Luke chapter 10. I'm actually going to read the Bible tonight. It's going to be awesome. Luke chapter 10. I'll be reading out of the uh, ESV, and uh, we're going to look at a, at a familiar passage, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get some new things from it. And I just had a, a real uh, sincere uh, simplicity on my heart tonight to communicate just a few things, and then I want to be uh, attentive uh, to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in the room uh, Andrew and I, uh, Andrew Cacho, uh, on, the, on the keyboards, we've been together for a little while now, and he could tell by my face and the way I was before service that he might need that stool out here to come back out and sit and play. So that's who you need in your life, is people that know what you're thinking before you even know what you're thinking. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. This is Mary, or Martha and Mary. You like this one? This is a good one. This is a classic but still good. It's an oldie but a goodie. Verse 38. Now as they went on their way. Everybody say on their way. Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. Everybody say Mary. Who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord... Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? You know any of these people? (laughs) Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Martha, in this scriptural account, is in the middle of a thing that, if we're not careful, we can all find ourselves in the middle of. Notice that the passage didn't say that Martha was busy sinning. It said that Martha was busy serving didn't say that Martha was busy binging on Netflix. Said that Martha was busy serving. If we're not careful in our lives, often, we can get into a place in our walk with the Lord where we end up making what was supposed to be primary, secondary. And what we do is we start leaning on the wrong things For our validation, for our affirmation, for our confirmation. And by doing this, 
what we create in our life is a misaligned priority. I think it's really important for us to know and realize that I believe uh, what Angelica said tonight from the stage, that it's such a rare thing to be in a place where everybody is in unity and lifting up the name of Jesus. And I feel very strongly in my heart tonight that everybody that's here, or I should say the majority of the people that are here, have a sincere desire to serve the Lord, a sincere desire to see the gifts and calls of God that have been placed in their life released into the world, a sincere desire to put others first, a sincere desire to see God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why don't you just raise your hand if you say you have a sincere desire for those things in your heart and in your life. See, I told you, it's the majority in the room. I think it's important for us to know and realize that in the middle of doing things for God and doing things that are rooted in ministry, being ministers, and it's really important for us to know and realize that ministry is not exclusively what myself and Pastor Lee do. Ministry is a part of the identity that you have as a follower of Jesus. The scripture says that we all, as brothers and sisters, have been given the ministry of reconciliation. We've been given the ministry of releasing the gospel of Jesus Christ into our world and announcing to the world that God has reconciled the world to himself in Christ. We're supposed to be prophetic vessels and kingdom ambassadors of this new life that's accessible to everyone in God if they believe, if they receive the gift of relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That ministry, for many of us, as I said, is equated to putting others first. We have a lot of good Christian foundation in our lives to not come that Jesus didn't come in the world to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many and following the pattern of Jesus and bearing his name as Pastor Lee said tonight we exist that way in the world as well wanting to go about doing the work of Jesus and putting others first but I want to tell you this that a lot of times in our lives as Christians putting others first becomes the I guess you could say, primary flaw in our life. Do you know that the scripture says that we need to care for the needs of others? We don't need to be served, but to serve. But you'll never find in the scripture where serving people takes the place of sitting at the feet of Jesus. You'll never find a place in scripture where the needs of others and ministering to others is elevated above the necessity for every person in the room tonight to learn that your primary function is ministry to the Lord, first and foremost. It's this ministry to the Lord that equips us and postures us in a, in a proper place and time to release now ministry out into the world. Ministry to God first, and then ministry to others. And I would say that what happens whenever we become misaligned in our priority of placing others even before the Lord is this Mary, or sorry, this Martha posturing of our life. You know, it's easiest for Jesus to lead or to teach people that are more content staring at his face 
than they are having Jesus stare at their work. The people that are the easiest for Jesus to lead and the easiest for Jesus to teach, to impart the things of the kingdom into, are people that are more content staring at his face than having him stare at their work. I was in prayer uh, last week and uh, Serena and I got to go and minister at our Woodland Park campus in Colorado and uh, had a great service. And as I was preparing and praying, uh, the Lord showed me a picture and I was walking down a road and, and I had a, a large uh, uh, stick, a staff in my hand and I was needing it uh, to be able to, to walk. Uh, and the thing about me in Colorado is I don't do co- too good in that kind of elevation. It takes me a few days. Uh, you know, I get winded going up the stairs here at home, but I get really winded going up the stairs there. Like the air is just a lot, is a lot more thin. And I was walking and I was kind of walking up this incline and I was needing this staff to walk. And the Lord told me, look at what you're leaning on. And I looked at the staff, and at the very top of it, there was just a very small uh, blemish at the very top of of the staff. And the Lord said, what you're leaning on is diseased, and you don't know it. And I said, what do you mean it's diseased, Lord? And I took it, and, and as I examined it, this little blemish at the very top of the staff was actually connected to this disease, if you will, that had hollowed out the entire staff. And all I was able to see is what was on the outside. And if I would have taken another step with it, it would have literally cracked under the pressure, under the weight of what I was carrying. And I took the staff and I threw it down. And whenever I threw it down, uh, as in the uh, count of with Moses, the staff that I was leaning on became a snake. And the Lord says, there's a lot of things in your life that you lean on that have the potential to bite you if you're not careful. There's a lot of things that you lean on that you trust in more than you trust in me. And I said, man, Lord, that's a hard truth to receive. And if you know me at all, I'm somebody that's kind of good at delivering hard truth. So I've sown a lot of those seeds and I don't catch any breaks. The Lord gives me hard truth right back. And uh, I walked up a little bit further up the hill without the staff. And there was this cross, kind of like the one we have out in front of the building here. And the Lord was there and he reached into the cross and he, and, he, and he pulled out this piece of wood that was the same size and shape as the staff and he gave it to me and he said, you're only meant to lean on this. Yeah. I'm here to tell you today that we need to observe what we have in our hand. We need to observe what we're leaning on. Notice in this account of Mary and Martha, Jesus had no problem receiving from Martha the service that I know she was doing in worship to him. He actually had no problem receiving that from from Martha. He actually doesn't correct Martha until Martha gets an attitude. And she says, Lord, are you really going to let my sister sit here and do nothing? And then Jesus says, Martha, Martha, if you really want to know, the thing that you're leaning on is only going to get you so far. The thing that you're putting all your trust in, the thing that you're using for validation, the thing that you're using to try to justify and, 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 and show the level of relationship that you have with me. It's not that it's not good, but it's not the best. I don't know if you know this or not, but God's will and what he wants for your life is way better than what you want. 
We need God's will. We need God's way entrusted to us. When I had this vision and the Lord took that piece of wood out of the cross, he began to talk to me about all the areas in my life where I lean on things other than his grace. All the areas of my life where I get my validation from showing him my work instead of sitting at his feet. Remember, the Lord wants to be able to lead people through his Holy Spirit. The Lord wants to be able to guide people into all truth. And the easiest people for the Lord to lead and guide and teach are the ones that are more content staring at his face than they are him staring at their work. I believe that a Martha mentality will eventually lead to a Mary posture, but typically it only happens when the thing you're leaning on gets kicked out from underneath you. I believe that the Lord would want us to slow down tonight and to take inventory of what's in our hand and what we're really leaning on. I believe the Lord would like to ask us a question tonight in, re- in regards to where we receive our validation, where we receive the assurance of our right standing with Him. Is it truly the cross of Christ? Is it truly the finished work of the Lord Jesus? Is it really the everlasting grace of God that covers even our weaknesses? Or is it really things that we can do all by ourselves? Martha had made a flaw of taking the thing that was supposed to be primary and allowing it to become secondary. I talked to you just a bit ago about this call that we all have to be ministers in the world today. To go about doing good to bring the kingdom of God everywhere that we go. And whether you're a carpenter or you're an accountant or you're a doctor or you're a teacher, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a firefighter, whatever you might be, there in your vocation lies your ministry, lies the people that God needs you to be releasing his kingdom to. But I can tell you this, that the best and the most effective ministers are the ones that make the best sons and daughters. The best and most effective ministers are the ones that make the best sons and daughters. People that are content sitting at the face, sitting at the feet of Jesus and staring into his face. Earlier in this chapter, in Luke chapter 10, the Lord makes a, uh, makes a statement and he says this. He's praying, he's praising God. Actually, in this translation, it says that Jesus is rejoicing in the spirit and he's talking out loud and he says something to the effect of, God, you're so great. Father, you're so great because you've taken the things of the kingdom and you've hid it from people that are wise in their own eyes and you've revealed it to little children, people that are totally dependent on you. The scripture tells us in the Old Testament that we're not supposed to lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, we're supposed to acknowledge God and he will direct our path. In all of our ways, we need to be looking for the face of Jesus, not how much we can produce, not how much we can perform, Not how long we can create our spiritual resume. Not how long we've gone without sinning in a particular day. But in all of our ways, we're called to be acknowledging where the Lord's at and what he's doing. Looking for the face of Jesus. What area in your life are you more content with allowing God to look at your work than you are looking at his face? Allowing yourself to come into a place of dependence on him. Allowing yourself to be honest enough to say... That in this particular area of my life, I'm really messed up. 
In this particular area of my life, I could possibly be out of balance. In this particular area of my life, I could possibly really require some rest and some nourishment from the Lord. It's easy for us a lot of times to just keep on trucking in the kingdom of God. Thinking that if we press the acceleration, if we press the accelerator, if we press the gas pedal, we can just get through whatever it is a little bit quicker. And I feel the Lord telling us tonight to tap the brakes, to slow down, to really ask ourselves the question, when was the last time that we really allowed Jesus to be enough? The whole thing about enough is that it's enough. Okay, I know that's really deep, so I'll say it again. The whole thing about something being enough is that it's enough. It means you don't lack anything. It means you have exactly what you need. Is Jesus, has he really become exactly what you need in every area of your life? Has Jesus and his work on the cross really been satisfactory for you to lean on in every area and facet of your life? Has looking at the face of Jesus and seeing the kindness in his eyes, seeing the love in his eyes been enough to allow you to feel validated in the midst of that struggle? Or is there something that you lean on? Is there something that you look to Desperately hoping and praying that the Lord will see it, that the Lord will bless it, that the Lord will finally acknowledge how hard that you're working in that particular area. And the Holy Spirit whispered to your heart tonight to stop and come and be with Jesus. The best ministers are the best sons. The best ministers are the best daughters. The best ministers are the ones that, like children, sit at the feet of Jesus and absorb everything that they hear. Not, Lord, watch me, but, Lord, it's time for me to watch you. Not, Lord, acknowledge me. Not, God, validate me here. Tell me that this is okay. But looking to Jesus and in that place of coming into a merry posture of seeing Jesus, knowing that because of him, you're okay too. Because of his smile, you can smile too. Because of the love that he releases into your life, you can love too. Because of who he is, you can now be empowered to be who you are. Because he lives, I'm able to live too. Because he sits at the right hand of the Father, I'm able to hear the heartbeat of the Father too. Because of Jesus, not because of me. Not because of how good I'm doing. Not because of how great my relationships are. Not because of the impact or influence that I'm having in a, in a, in a group of people. Not because I'm admired. Not because I'm looked up to. Not because I have this gift or that gift. Not because I have X amount of numbers on the scale when I step on it. Not because I have X amount of numbers in my bank account. I'm not valid because of anything except the unrelenting tenderness of Jesus. I'm not valid because of anything except of who, except who this man is. Martha, Martha. 
you're troubled, carrying many things. It says this, Mary has chosen the best thing and this will not be taken away from her. The fact of the matter is, is that your title, whatever it is, your vocational title will one bit day be taken away from you. The house that you have one day, you will no longer live in because you will move or you will die and somebody else will move into your house and somebody else will use your refrigerator and somebody else will sit on your couch if you leave it there. Somebody else is going to have your desk. Say, Pastor, this is really, really depressing, discouraging tonight. No, 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 no. I'm showing you that some of the staffs you're leaning on are going to give out at any moment. I'm showing you that nothing proves how wrapped up you are in an inferior identity than whatever the staff you're leaning on breaks. And I told you, you might be in Martha mode, but whenever that staff breaks and you're on the ground, you'll get in Mary mode really quick. (laughs) Because you're a lot closer to the feet of Jesus laying down than you are standing up. I don't believe that the Lord wants the staff to break and us fall on our face. Any good father would want to spare that. But some of us aren't always the most obedient children. And there's sometimes with my kids that Sarah and I just say, they're not listening, so we're just going to let them. You know what I'm talking about? They didn't hear me the 15 times I said that, so we're just going to let them. And within five minutes, this is what we hear. I told you 15 times not to, not to keep slamming the door, slamming the door, slamming the door. You're going to get somebody's finger in the door. And then sure enough, somebody's finger gets in the door. Can we be real? That's not just my little ones. That's us. How many times does God say, that staff's diseased. That thing's hollow. Don't put your trust in that. Don't let that determine your attitude and your mood. Don't let what you have and you don't have Be the place that you gain confidence and trust. Look to me. Look to me. Look to my face. Look to me. Look to me. But we're just so insistent on leaning on our own little thing, aren't we? Not realizing that with every step, it becomes more fragile. With every step, it becomes weaker and weaker. We have to cling to the cross of Christ. I love Paul. He said, uh, uh, whenever he was with a particular people group, he said, when I was with you, I just made a decision. To know nothing and to preach nothing except Jesus and him crucified. What a beautiful thing it is to return to the simplicity of the gospel. That you could never be good. You guys know the gospel, right? You want me to preach it to you? It's my favorite thing to preach. You were never going to be able to get to God. You were never going to be able to keep the rules. Some of you have just walked with them long enough now that you've gotten good at keeping the rules. But you didn't used to be. And just because you walk with them a long time and it's easier for you to keep the rules doesn't mean that keeping the rules becomes the staff that you lean on. That was Paul's issue with the Galatians. He says, oh, you foolish Galatians. The Greek actually says, you stupid Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Who's presented to you an inferior gospel? You're saved by grace, but now you're leaning on all these staves of work and performance. Some of us lean on our staff and it's called 
perfectionism. And that's why we don't recover from failure. Because how could God love me now that I'm saved? I get when I was lost. I get when I didn't know him. But now that I know him and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and I love him and I still let him down, how could could that be? There has to be something wrong with me. You're right, brother or sister, there is. That's what the cross came to fix. Because you're not reliable. You're not dependable. You're not going to be able to serve your way into relationship with Jesus. You're not going to be able to perform your way and rule keep your way into right standing with God. And you would think as grace people, we have a corner on this, but to be honest with you, we get just as messed up as everybody else when it comes to this. For some of us, the staff that we lean on is that perfectionism mentality. That God has to be just totally frustrated with me because I just can't seem to get this right. Let me be real with you. If you could get any of it right, Jesus wouldn't have come and died. You can't get it right. The only way you get it right is whenever you look to him. The only way that it becomes right is whenever you allow yourself to trust more in his character than your performance. More in his ability than your ability. I feel like there's just a refining fire of God's presence that's been on me over the past couple weeks. And I sense him doing it in the room tonight. The Lord really wants to burn up all these inferior things that we cling to. All these things that affect our mood, our attitude, our mindset, our sense of accomplishment, our sense of validation that are inferior to what he's done on the cross. And if you're anything like me, you can hear what I'm preaching tonight and say, man, I really think that was for somebody else. But I'm glad that they were there and hopefully they got it. Because when people preach this way on the inside, you start doing a, a count. Well, I let that go 15 years ago. Perfectionist, man, I used to be there. (laughs) I used to be there. Joke's on you, right? As soon as you start laughing. Man, I used to be really bad at rule keeping with this, this, that, or the other. My, my, My whole heart tonight is simply this. Lord, not immediately justify everything that you've let go. A lot of times we start talking about the surrendered life or we start talking about a life yielded to Jesus And we immediately like put up this guard on the inside of us and say, yeah, we've done that already. And I feel like sometimes we need to just be in a place of, God, if you need me to re-surrender something, I'll re-surrender it. Just not, not not what you want to do based upon my interpretation of what you've already done, but God, what do you want to do right now in real time? Where are the places of my life where I might have miscalculated? Where are the places in my life where I'm trusting in something more than I'm trusting in you? Where are the places of my life where I allowed myself to default to Martha in doing to please you instead of returning back to that first love and place of learning how to be? Learning how to be content with seeking your face. Learning how to be content with the smile that you have for me. I can tell you what's wrong with a lot of Christians today. They've never seen Jesus smile when he looks at them. 
their immediate mental ascension of Jesus' face is a far cry from the real face of Jesus. It's the face of the father or the mother or the parent, parental figure in your life that nothing was ever good enough. It was a 95 on the test, but it should have been 100 if you would have worked harder. The authority figure in your life that would draw more attention to when you failed and barely acknowledge whenever there was a success. Do you lean on that and your understanding of yourself through that lens more than you lean on the understanding of yourself through the lens of Jesus, whom Paul says in Ephesians, you are now accepted in the beloved God says you've passed the test. Not because of what you've done, but because you've made a decision to lock eyes with the one that's done it for you. How much of our life has really been transformed by the gospel? How much of our life has really been overshadowed by the grace of God? How much of our relationships and the way we handle other people has really been transformed by the gospel? How much of our marriage relationship has been transformed by the gospel? I know people that are desperately seeking the Lord for their marriage, but they can't let go of grudges concerning one another. How are you going to walk out the transformation of the gospel in your marriage if you can't forgive your spouse? Maybe the staff you lean to is the hurt that was caused to you by somebody else. And that's changed the way that you walk. And what you lean on is a self-protection of never being hurt again. How are we going to see the gospel of Jesus really transform every area of our life if we don't allow ourselves to slow down for a moment and say, Lord, what's in my hand? What am I leaning on? What am I trusting in? Is there anything in my life that's an inferior thing that I've allowed to capture more of my attention than you. You know, whatever area of your life is out of alignment when it comes to Jesus, it's actually robbing you of God's joy in that area of your life. It's robbing you of the peace of the Lord in that area of your life. Whatever area of your life you're not clinging to the cross and leaning on the gospel in, that's a diseased area in your life. That's an area that requires the grace and the knowledge of God to be applied to. That's an area of your life where you need to see through the lens of what Jesus has done for you. Whatever relationship in your life is not being seen through the lens of the gospel is a diseased area in your life. And the last time I read my Bible, Jesus is a healer. He's a restorer. He's a mender of broken things. I feel that tonight... The Lord would have us examine what's in our hand. The Lord would have us move into a place of surrender. To say, God, what has snuck into my life that I lean on and I trust in more than I trust in you? What controls me more than your goodness and your grace? What's robbing me of contentment? Is it my inability to let go of my failure? Is it worry? What the future might bring? Is it the pain of great loss? 
what's affecting the way that I walk. What have I put my trust in that's inferior to you? I don't know about you, but I delight, even in the painful times, that I delight in the refining fire of God's presence. I delight in being able to be in the presence of God and say, Lord, in the words of the psalmist, search me and know me. Try me, test me, know my thoughts. And if there be any grievous thing in me, anything that brings grief to you, anything that's gotten in the way of me and you, just obliterate it in my life. Just take it away from me. I don't care what the change is. I don't care what the thing is. But I don't want anything capturing my attention more than your face. I don't want anything stealing my focus. I don't want anything being able to rob me of joy. Because quite honestly, whatever that thing is, is only there because you've allowed it to be. Whatever thing that you're leaning on that's inferior to the grace and goodness of God is only there because you've allowed it to be. I believe tonight that Jesus would like to give us some new walking sticks. Jesus would like for us to look to him and say, Lord, I need to trust that what you did on the cross is enough for me in this area. I need to believe and I actually need to apply your grace to this area. I've been caught up in going through the motions. I've been wrapped up in busy. I've been wrapped up in trying to be perfect. I've been wrapped up in just putting myself under the microscope and being so introspective that I'm just tearing apart all these areas of my life. God, if the staff that I'm leaning on is me being more introspective than Christ-focused, take that away from me. My desire in my heart is to lean on you and you alone. Jesus, you're enough for me. I acknowledge that I can't be can't be what I'm created to be without your grace. I acknowledge that I can't be who I need to be without your love. I need to surrender tonight. I need to allow myself to trust in you in that area again. I need to tell myself that you really have paid for that mistake. I need to allow myself to rest in your forgiveness and in your love. I'm going to ask Andrew to come and just play a little bit. Just individually between you and the Lord. I want you to allow yourself to just detach from all the things that have stolen your focus. And just to allow yourself to become re-centered around His goodness and His grace.
What expectation have you set for yourself that takes you outside the boundary of God's grace? What are you leaning on? If the numbers in your bank account control you, it's time to lean on God's grace. If the mistake that you made last week is controlling you, it's time to lean on God's grace. If you're, if you're feeling a failure as a spouse or a parent is controlling you, it's time to lean on God's grace. If low self-esteem, low self-worth is what you lean on, it's time to lean on the cross. If a failed relationship is what you lean on, it's time to lean on God's grace. It's an interesting thing that Jesus began his ministry after he was water baptized. And he began his ministry after he came out of the water and the Father's voice was released over him that said this. This is my son. This is my boy. In whom I'm well pleased. The life that you're living for God, your Christian walk, the ministry that God's called you to, Has it come from that place or are you laboring for that place? The life you live, is it coming from a place of hearing the Lord say over you that you're his beloved in whom he's well pleased? Or is your life this slow uphill march to eventually hear God say that he's proud of you? To eventually come into a place where you're pleasing to God. Let's take on a merry posture tonight. Let's not hope that we catch God's attention. Let's believe that He's given us His undivided attention. The question is have we given Him ours? Let's lay aside a hope that one day we'll catch our break. One day things will be smooth sailings. One day I'll be recognized for everything I'm contributing on the job. One day 
my mom or my dad will call me and say they really did love me. One day, my spouse will tell me that I complete them. One day, my kids will say, you did a great job. Let's lay that aside and let's just find everything that we need in Jesus. Stop waiting for somebody else to do what God's already done for you. Stop waiting for somebody else to be what only God can be for you. Just do hard inventory tonight and say, Jesus, you're enough. I live for that place of looking into your face and you teaching me what I need to know. I'm going to quiet all the other voices. The voices that say I'll never be significant. The voices that say I'll never make impact like this person's making impact. Or I'll never have the life that this other person has. Quiet the voice of comparison and just renew in your heart the covenant that you have with the Lord. That He's for you, not against you. That all His promises for you are yes and amen. He's fighting your battles. You need only to be still. That he's giving you a robe, garments of praise, a ring of sonship, of daughtership. He's giving you a fatherly blessing in your heart and in your life. Where are you leaning on something? that has the ability to be taken away. And let's come back to the cross. Let's come back to the place where the body of the Lord was broken for you and His blood was poured out for you. Let's come back to an empty tomb that gives you the assurance That your tomorrow will be better than your today. Let's go back to an upper room where the Holy Spirit was given without measure. Has empowered you to be witnesses in the earth of His goodness and His grace. Not something that you have to earn or deserve, but that's freely poured out. Let's go back to Jesus saying, if you being evil know how to give good gifts... How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? Let's go back to a place of being a child. Dependent on the words of a father. Eager to be taught by Jesus. The voice of a little child that asks why about everything. Why? Teach me. Show me, Lord, where have I become wise in my own sight? Where have I become proud? Where have I become self-righteous? Where have I hardened my heart to not receive your instruction? Meet me in that place, God.
And Jesus doesn't meet you in that place with a scowl. He meets you in that place with a smile. Eager to teach. Eager to love. Eager to give you something better to lean on. And ask the ministry teams to come. I'm going to ask you in this place, if you really, if you really sense the Lord doing a work in your heart, I'm going to ask you just to open your hands like you're going to receive a present. Just open your hands. You sense the Lord just doing something in your heart. And as you open your hands, I want you just to give them your staff. Give them the thing that you found identity in. Give them the thing that you didn't know was unstable. Give them the thing that you didn't know, but you do tonight, was going to cave in at any time. Give them the thing that's subject to change and deterioration and breakdown and receive from Him what's eternal. Receive from Him the same way He showed me. Receive from Him that wood from His cross. Receive His words to lean on this. Don't trust in your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge me. Look for me. Look for my face. I'm not far. I'm close. Ready to lead. Ready to guide. Ready to be what you can be, what you can't be. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But with me. Everybody say, with me. Like you believe it, say, with me. Face to face with me. Trusting in me. I can do all things. I can do all things. If that thought comes, oh Lord, I've laid this down before, and you feel that shame start to rise up in you, you need to look for Jesus' face there too. He's patient and he's kind. He doesn't insist on his own way. He believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Not because he has love, but because he is love. It's not something he has, it's something that he is. He can't help but be it. Let him meet you there.
Let me give you something more sure to lean on. And if the day comes that you're back to this place, and I can tell you that you very well might be, and something else has crept in that you're leaning on, look for the face of Jesus there too. And trust that his faithfulness is superior to your fault. Your faults are no match for his faithfulness. Lean on the Lord. Delight in him. Trust in God. Father, I bless these beautiful people tonight. I thank you for surrendered hearts and yielded lives any area where we've allowed something inferior to steal that place of face-to-face with you. Purge it from us, we pray. Not through the fire of your wrath or your anger, but just from the fire of your love. Give us a better way, a more sure way, and help us not to lean on our own understanding. Help us not to be so quick to default to that Martha, posture. Father, whatever work we're doing, let it come from a place of seeing your smiling face, not striving for it. Thank you for delighting in us as we create time and space each day to delight in you. And may your kingdom come. May your will be done on the earth, in my heart, in our lives, as it is in heaven. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.